You know what I was thinking about this morning? Mm. Just like how many foods you used to hate until I cooked them. And just, I think about like the things now that you have, because every now and then we still have something that you haven't had before and you don't even hesitate to, to try it anymore for the most part. I mean, there, there was, there was one thing recently that I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, do. You didn't, you didn't want beef tartare. Mm-mm. So, and I, that's fine. I'm, it, it, we'll see how it works. But, mm-hmm. but like when you think about like livers and gizzards, I, I mean, love it. huh? I love it. I know. And it's so good for you. Right. So, uh, hopefully, yeah, maybe we'll have to go take, I, I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm thinking about what I want for dinner tonight. So I was just thinking about that, but I was thinking about like the first time there's, I don't know what food I was most hesitant about tasting. Carrots. Yeah. But after the, after my allergy was up, yes. You know what? Cause I was like freaked <laughs> out that like I'd have some delayed reaction, you know? And it's like, oh God, what if I'm wrong? What if like it's just waiting and then all of a sudden just my esophagus just collapses, right? It's like, oh, that's it. I'm done. But that pumpkin pie was so good. <laughs> yeah. And I have sweet potatoes in in the pantry right now, so I can make another sweet potato pie or two. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down for something else. I'll do that when I do my cheat. So, but I'm I'm definitely... I'm I'm trying to think what even what to cook for for Christmas this year because we've already done ham and we've already done turkey. Yeah, but we did the ham and nobody ate it, so I may uh, as well do another ham. No, no, I ate it. I just didn't eat it the day of. I had one slice the day of, but I mean your plate is so full because I mean Thanksgiving you spend what I only three make days? Lasagna, hmm? the really good lasagna that I made. Mm, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I still have it. I saved yeah. it. I didn't let that go because yes. it was such a good lasagna. That's, that's not even a question. That's a yes. So lasagna. That's yeah. what we'll do. Lasagna yeah, and just a couple of other things. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm completely down for that. Ooh, see, now you've said that. And so tonight I'm probably going to do like a zucchini lasagna. So that sounds really good. Oh, I'm going to see that. All right. Well, that has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. So <laughs> horrible segue. And welcome to the stupid podcast on everything. I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And uh, in the afternoon dive here, we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. We're giving our unique perspectives where I'm a 40-something uh, white male and... I'm a 21-year-old black woman. There you go. So um, what do we got going on first thing? We're going to be looking at two different relationship advice stories okay. um, from Reddit. So one of them is a relationship advice from somebody that actually just this is interesting since i saved it deleted their account Mm. so i don't know Mm. but this one's this was kind of long um this one is uh marriage relationship advice okay so and it's titled using a throwaway account because i don't want this tied to the account i've had for years my husband doesn't stand up for me and i'm tired of it okay i've 28 female been married to my husband 30 male for almost seven years now and have been together for 10 years we have the same friends that we're close to though the number of friends that we've had has gone down a bit which i'll explain why soon To start, I'm the only woman in our circle of friends, which kind of sucks because it's nice to talk to other women about things that men don't always understand. 
Our friends are good people and don't mean any harm, but sometimes say things that are easily insensitive and can be taken the wrong way. A lot of girls in the past didn't like how blunt they are, and many times they don't think before talking, which is why a lot of girls have come and gone and none have stuck around. Hmm. While our friends consider me to be one of the guys, they also know that I can be emotional and don't take to being insulted when they joke around. So they're usually respectful and treat me better than they treat each other. I'm also the one in the group that everyone turns to when they need help with anything because they know that I don't judge and that I won't tease them. Here's where things have gotten sticky. A few times, three of our friends in particular have said some things that have made me feel uncomfortable and or caused me to feel hurt and my husband didn't seem to care as he didn't offend me or say anything to them. These are the main examples. One friend, we'll call him Jay, is especially thick-headed when talking to people. I'm not the first or last person that he said stupid shit towards, but there was one specific time, I lost count of all the other times, that he and my husband and I were arguing at some point he said that I was just some stupid bitch that no one cares about and who no one sees as a friend. When he said that, it went right past my husband and they continued arguing as if he didn't just insult me for the millionth time. We cut ties with him, as did everyone else, because we were all sick of him and his bullshit. Admittedly, he treated everyone like that at one point or another, but it's as if my husband didn't see anything wrong with it. And the second um, point that they made is, for years, another friend that we'll call M would get drunk, though he said things while sober sometimes, and would hit on me in a really crude way, saying things like, I want to fuck you right now. You look really fucking hot. Leave your husband. Admit it, you would fuck me, wouldn't you? And then, while sober, apologized, but admitted that he's liked me for a while and is sad that we'd never be together. Mm. Mind you, he said all of this in front of my husband, and my husband would chalk it up to him being drunk or that he's really depressed. He saw no issue with it. Eventually, M got a girlfriend and stopped saying those things, but recently told me that he wants to leave her so that he could be with me, even though I've always told him that I don't reciprocate his feelings and would not do that to my husband. Jeez. Lastly, we have a friend called F., who, just last night, blew up and attacked me on our group chat and said some really fucked up things. Things that he knew would hurt me. My husband, again, made excuses for him and said that I shouldn't take it to heart. F apologized profusely, but I haven't responded. After what F did, I told my husband that I was done with everyone. I left the group chat and blocked M and F. I told my husband that I was tired of being someone they could use as a punching bag because they know I won't say anything about it and neither would my husband. I told him that I felt like he never stands up for me or defends me. All he does is make excuses for them. He said it wasn't true that I want him to have an explosive reaction instead of him saying, I don't know why you said that to her because she didn't say anything mean to you. I told him that I just wanted him to say that it's wrong and that they shouldn't talk to me that way instead of making excuses for them. He acts like they're kindergartners who made a mistake and not grown-ass men who have been saying rude shit for years. My husband said that he's not that kind of man that I want and that if I couldn't deal with it, then we shouldn't be together. I just don't know what to do or how to feel. Maybe I'm being unreasonable and can't see it. I don't know. Any advice is appreciated. For what it's worth, we never fight. We get along amazingly well. He's my best friend. But I'm tired of being a doormat with one no one to back me up when I stand up for myself, which mm. is rarely. Okay. Your husband sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that there's just there's no two ways about it. Your husband is a cuck. Literally, by the definition. Your husband not defending i don't i i don't understand it this is this this is i swear does does your husband have a drunk friend who was hanging in the driveway and trying to pick up on the married lady next door like that's that's literally what it sounds like the the one we read the other day with the you know and the guy and his wife and the neighbor was drunk and was saying oh baby you got a nice ass you know, type mm-hmm. situation. It just, just sounds like just the same level of people. 
you know, I don't know what your husband is, thinks would be an acceptable level. I My first question is, what does it take? What is it going to take for your husband to respond triggered? Now, I'm not a jealous person by nature. I'm just not. You know, there are guys that have flirt, you know, with you that that I just sit there and I just kind of laugh it off, shine it on and be like, well, she's with me. So what are you going to do? You know, mm -hmm. but then there's the guys that, you know, again, we've used the examples, you know, I, I mean, and I don't think we've told this story here before, but when I was at the bank opening up a bank account for the business and for this business, and mm -hmm. funnily enough, this story is the last time that I made the lasagna. Mm -hmm. That's what I was at the store for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were at the store to get the, that's right. Yeah, it's a whole right. And this guy, I mean, just pure pedo vibes, first off, you know, came, said he thought you were 14 and then proceeded to keep hitting on you. Um, and like, I literally left the bank in the middle of setting up the account, said, sorry, got to go. And went down, showed right up, had no issues with it whatsoever. Anytime that anybody has, you know, put you in any kind of threat, I'm, I'm there. I'm big, full puff. I've always been that way. You know, it's like down to an Arizona cop who, you know, a little rookie punk who knew real quick that he had tangled with the wrong person. You know, I just, I, that's the way I am. Your husband, no. Yeah, you, you, there's there's no excuse for this. This is this is one of those. Hey, look, <laughs> you know, M, he's available and he's interested in you, but <laughs> he's an ass. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm being a smart ass, but for obvious reasons, you know, he's he's gonna be a no. But your husband needs to decide which is more important. What is he What is he doing? Is he trying to save face with his friends? Is he, you know, is he cheating on you? Is he secretly not want to be with you? Does he? Withhold affection. Is there something else? There's something else that's going on. There, I can't picture any man who wants to be with his with his wife or his girlfriend, you know, not protecting them. That just makes no sense. It's in in the most baser of human, um, you know, traits. Men should want to protect. Your spouse should want to protect you. I mean, I know for a fact, heck, it goes the same the other way. You know, I'm not going to do anything to women, but when you have these women who are coming on to me and I'm oblivious to it and I'm like, oh, I'm not worried about it. I'm like, you're, you're still there going, no, you know, you're still there pretending, hey, look, this is what she's doing. This is what she's trying to say. This is, and, and stopping it, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, we have, you know, this one woman who, well, I don't even need, like I said, we don't save names, but Sheila. Right. You know, you're like, oh, I beg her. I'm dying for her to come back around. Kathy, dying for her to come back around and try something. Right. It's it's protecting each other. I, I don't know. Did you know that he was spineless when you two got together? Did you know that you married another pussy? I just that's and, and just just so you know, it's like that's this part of the reason that I liked waiting as long as I did to get married. Enjoy relationships, enjoy your time together, enjoy the people that you have, but this guy is useless. I mean, I can't imagine what happens if somebody breaks in your house. Is he going to, is he going to be the one to stand in front between you and protect you? What happens if you have kids and you didn't talk about whether or not you have kids? Is he going to protect your kids? 
Like my kids, when it comes to bullies, oh, you know, if you guys listened to an earlier podcast, I talked about my oldest daughter getting beat up by a boy at school and the school refusing to do anything about it. But that doesn't mean that I didn't do anything about it. I literally destroyed his entire family. I destroyed them, cost them their job, their house, their cars, their credit cards, um, down to not being able to get cable. And I'll probably tell that story at a later time, but you know, I am here to protect and take care of my family and everybody here. That's just, that's where I'm at. So gosh, could, could you imagine if you, could you sleep at night? If you didn't know that somebody was there to just like have your back in this world? I, now, yeah. no. I was doing that for a while, but yeah. now that I know what it's supposed to be like being in a relationship, hmm. I, I just couldn't. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, if you don't know what you're missing out on, I guess it's kind of, it's hard to imagine yourself in a place that's better where somebody is protecting you, where you do have sure. that world of knowing what it's like and what it's supposed, like what a relationship is supposed to be. Because like before, before I met you, aside from the, you know, protectiveness and everything that I, you know, am aware of now, even down to just food, I didn't know what I was missing out on when mm -hmm. I was eating the foods that I was eating. And, you know, my version of trying to be healthier was, you know, making overly cooked scrambled eggs and putting them on a piece of toast with avocado <laughs> and be like, Hey, look at that. I'm being so healthy and I'm getting out there eating real food, you know, but I didn't really like the eggs that I was making because I didn't know how to make eggs. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was missing out on because I wasn't taught. And now I can't see a life where I don't ever have good scrambled eggs. Like we made the scrambled eggs for this little side. We made the scrambled eggs for Amy's birthday and oh, they were so good. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yeah, and knowing, like, I wouldn't have known anything about that. I wouldn't have known anything about sushi. I wouldn't have known anything about even just, like, uh, what was it that I, escargot. Mm -hmm. I was terrified of that. I was like, I'm not eating snails. What is wrong with you? And then I tried it, and it was good. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, I, if I'll ever <laughs> get over the fact that it's snails, but still, mm. it, was, it was tasty. I and would I hunt would around have... in the backyard for them. <laughs> <laughs> but I... I didn't know about any of that beforehand. I didn't know what it was supposed to be like. I didn't know what eggs were supposed to taste like. I didn't know how the texture was supposed to be. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. So, I mean, if this is her relationship that she's always, you know, we don't know her past relationships. Again, you, we don't know if she has kids or anything. Well, there's not going to be many because she said they've been together for 10 years and she's 28. So, yeah, but, well, yeah, so not any real relationships. Right. Like, high school relationships aren't real. So, mm -hmm. it just, she's she doesn't know what she's missing out on. And that's the, the problem with getting with people and being with those people straight out of high school. You're not getting out there and meeting people and knowing, you know, all of the different dishes that you could be having when you're stuck with, you know, yeah. a divider in front of your face and a cereal bowl in front of you. You you can't tell what's out there, what's beyond that. Mm -hmm. So right now, the best thing is just OP. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing as a husband despite protectiveness or anything physically, even just if he can't do the basics of defending you against his own friends, then what tells you that he's ever going to? Mm -hmm. That's not okay. He should be able to stand up to his friends because if they're not willing 
to back down and go, oh, you know what, you're right, then they're not real friends. Yeah. So it, I just, I can't see that. There was never a point, like even down to my most really, my most recent relationship and it didn't, you know, end well and everything like that. And she wasn't willing to leave her trauma and toxic traits behind for me. Right. There's no, there's no reason for me to keep trying. There's no reason for me to want to talk, to want to catch up, to want to be anything. If she's not willing to make any level of an effort to even attempt to be better. So, and the the fact that, you know, one of your last conversations with her where she sat there and she goes, well, I'm your friend. You said, and you told me that I just was like, Oh yeah. No, that was not. after we, after we broke up. Yeah. It was, yeah. Afterwards. And no. I got asked what was wrong because I was upset that day at work. And I was like, well, you know, cause I had already had enough things happen that I was just like, well, you're asking. So blah, 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 blah. <laughs> of just a generalized, like I didn't actually go into detail about anything. I was just like, you mm-hmm. know, cause we had some things happen that nobody, you know, nobody showed up to the Halloween party that I invited and everybody basically told me they were going to, and they were excited. Nobody showed up really upset me because it just felt really like, you know, I got, I got lied to and I don't like being lied to. Mm-hmm. And so I was upset about that. I was upset about, you know, just, just a general chaos of things that were going on and all were irritating me right then and there. I was starting to get sick, so I wasn't feeling good. It was a lot of stuff. And then I got asked, you know, what's wrong? I'm like, well, this is what's wrong. And I was like, so it feels like I have no friends and like, I'm just kind of stuck right now and I want to be able to do all these things and where I'm right in this very point in time, it's just, it's not realistic and I'm, I'm just struggling. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, well, I'm your friend. But you don't do any traits of being a friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know you uh, said it's a throwaway count, but I'm hoping that you look back at this and, and uh, we link this in. And hopefully you're listening to this right now, OP. And I want to just say really quick, give the headphones over to your husband for, for just a second because I, I have a message for him. And for anybody else that's in this situation, when you decide that you're going to have a relationship with somebody else, you are sacrificing yourself for that person. If you are not in a place where you can sacrifice, provide, and take care of that person, you have no business being in a relationship. If your life is more important to you than the person that you are with, then you have no business being in that relationship. In any relationship that you have, you should be mentally, physically, fiscally, and you know emotionally there to be able to take that relationship, protect that relationship, and guard that relationship. If you're not there, you have no business being in a relationship. You are going to do more damage than good because you are building the established foundation of your relationship right now, and you have already shown that somebody isn't as important to you at least or as least as much as your own life and you don't value the things that they consider they really need you for, then you have no business being in a relationship. You need to work on yourself and change yourself and become the person that they need you to be. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. I'm I'm sorry. I no, I'm not sorry. I'm not. I'm not sorry because I'm tired of all of these guys who are getting in relationships and and have no business being in relationships and it's you if you can't take care of yourself then you shouldn't be in a relationship if you can't take care of the person that you're with you shouldn't be in a relationship if you don't have your shit together then you have no business trying to hold yours and somebody else's shit together 
I waited and I waited and I waited and literally I just I made sure that everything was in place before I before I got into a real relationship. Everything else was fun. It was just a bunch of test drives. But by the time I was ready to buy the vehicle and buy the the package and everything and and, and be there, I was ready. I had nothing else that was there, but I knew that the moment that I got married that my life was over for me. I didn't live for me anymore. And it's the same thing when we decided to have kids. We decided to have kids and said, okay, understand, the kids are going to be number one in my life. End of story. They're, they're going to be number ones in our lives. If they're not, then we don't have kids. Period. We don't. And, you know, as our dynamic and everything changed in our relationship and as, as we grew, we, we hit a crossroad. And... I was ready to make these, the sacrifices that I needed to make to just keep the relationship where it was because I was going to, uh, until I died, have the relationship that I had. And she loved me more than she loved herself and made changes to that. So that's all I have to say about that. And if you have a difference of opinion, so be it. But, you know, in this obvious case, your wife needs you to be able to protect her. She needs to know that you're going to be the one behind her and have her back. My gosh. Mm. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. <laughs> Once you're in a relationship, you're... I mean, I understand that some people don't get into relationships for the sake of end game. Mm-hmm. But that should be made clear. And even then, y'all are already married. So mm-hmm. y'all are end game. So the fact that he can't even defend you to his own friends... Your own it's friends. Just, They're supposed to be your friends, too. Yeah, it's just, that's a red flag. I don't like it. So. Yeah. And the fact that your girlfriends or female friends wanted out because of this kind of crap, OP, you should have made that jump. Same, the same kind of jump. Been like, hmm, something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah. No, that's that's our first one. We're good. As, as long as we're keeping everything nice and light. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one's going to be interesting. Okay. Um, because it's a... Sibling relationship, uh, which is a familial relationships okay. instead of a traditional marriage or boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 whatever. Okay. Um, it's still a relationship, so that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one is from user ZZERZZ. So. Okay. And then it is titled, My older sister wants my mom to treat me badly. What do I do? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting title. I'm um, sorry. My... my... Yeah, I just literally was like, what? Mm-hmm. And I realized that doesn't come through the speakers very well. <laughs> so, wow. me and my sister, let's call her Anna, have a four-year age gap. She is the older one. Our mother was pretty strict when it comes to boyfriends when we were children and overreacted to some situations. My sister had a boyfriend at grade eight, and it had had a bad effect on her grades. My mom was pissed because the boy's mother confronted my mother publicly that Anna affected the boy, too. At that approximate time, my mother had gotten mad at me and punished me, too, but Anna didn't see that in person. Now we are in our 20s, and I'm currently in a relationship, my first relationship ever. My mother changed a lot and doesn't control me as much as she did when we were children. Thank God. Mm -hmm. I think this is the most normal thing, but my sister thinks that she is playing favorites. Anna affects the relationship between my mom and me and my boyfriend and me. I don't even know what to do. Every time we go out with my boyfriend and my mom's permission, with my mom's permission, 
This leads into these huge fights. Anna gets mad at my mother for giving me permission as an adult to hang out with my own boyfriend. She says that she wasn't like this to her when she was a child, but she wasn't like this when I was a child either. And my mother feels like she should get mad at me because of this. This is leading to my mom and me fighting, and now my sister and me fighting. Please give me some advice. I don't know what to do. Uh, so just, just to recap, so we do our own TLDR on this. When your sister was in the eighth grade, she mm-hmm. had a boyfriend, mm-hmm. and both of their grades were going to garbage. Mm-hmm. And your sister and you, for some reason, which you didn't make clear in the post, got in trouble for it, right? Yeah, it sounds like it was a, she got in trouble, but then OP got talked to. That's what it sounds like to okay, me. Okay, I'll accept that. So like, hey, you better not do the same crap. Yeah, we've but done like that. one of those okay. see what happens kind of things, Okay, which I can understand. And so because of this in the eighth grade... Your sister, who, if she's four years your older, is now 24 to year 20, is what got mad because your mom wasn't chastising you the same way she was chastising her, even though it's obviously not affecting your school grades. Mm -hmm. You're going out and being your own person, and you're an adult, and your mom has calmed down. Your sister has basically successfully sowed strife, right, between all of you, and now you're fighting with everybody, but... What? <laughs> yeah. See, this is where this is where things get interesting because okay. I feel like. So, as the older sister in my family, mm-hmm. I feel like I have perspective on why Op's older sister is full of shit. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I remember what you really there mean. are things there are things that I have been upset about, mm-hmm. but those things have always referred to like video games and punishments referring to you know just leniency on grades or Mm -hmm. chores or anything like that i mean i was forced to do the dishes or the entire kitchen it wasn't just the dishes because i was good at them and i was the oldest and despite me teaching anybody else i always had to do the kitchen because i was the only person that did it right and it made me upset and it made me resentful of the fact that punished for doing something right yeah Mm -hmm. it made me resentful over the fact that I couldn't get out of something by doing it right or correctly. Mm -hmm. And I got in trouble a lot for things that didn't really need to have punishments as severe as they were. I mean, I had bad grades for a couple of weeks and got them up, but I never got the opportunity to earn any of my things back. I mean, in the entirety of me being in high school, I had my phone maybe like four or five months before. Mm. I mean, not in the entirety of high school because senior year was when they finally kind of backed off and were like, well, you're about to be an adult. We can't really do anything. So at that point, it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. I I already missed the entirety of my adolescent peak. Like there was nothing that I could take back. I missed parties. I missed birthdays. I missed sporting events and just anything to hang out with anybody because I wasn't allowed to do Mm -hmm. any of it all for little minuscule things that I would do wrong. And my siblings never got that level of strictness (laughs) that I had. Mm -hmm. So I can understand being upset and resentful. But the one thing I can say is that I never took it out of my siblings, the entirety of growing up. And I, there are 
five of them. And did you ever look for your parents to punish them as strict as they were punishing you or to be as strict as on them as you were you? No, I, I think that maybe... I I mean, I, I am myself, so mm-hmm. my level of, you know, drama towards things, I know that for me, it may not, it, I may think it's justified when it's not. I'm sure that there was a time or two where I felt like I was getting in trouble for something that, you know, they would never get in trouble for or something mm-hmm. like that. But it mm-hmm. really only ever was relating to chores. Like, I just, I hated not being able to exist in a house with 10 people plus Mm -hmm. all of the daycare kids and have a say in what should and shouldn't get done by other people considering i was the one that was the cleanest my room was always clean the bathroom that i had because i was downstairs was always clean the um just everything that i did i never left a mess in the kitchen i never did like really any of that and when it came to just the responsibility, I understand that I had more responsibility, so technically it kind of balanced it out. Mm-hmm. But again, that's something I learned after I was older. But still, now I am older, and I am watching, even now, I have my one of my siblings doing and acting in ways that I would have never gotten away with. And do I take that out on them? No because they're a grown-ass adult just as much as I'm a grown-ass adult now. And there's nothing that I can do to the way that they want to act and behave, and that's that's it. I can say what I want to say to them about how I feel about it, but I don't sit there and make it a, like, pointed conversation on how it's, you know, anybody else's fault or how they should be punished because I would get punished. Like, that's just, it, that's mm-hmm. dumb. It doesn't come down to punishments at that point because, again, grown-ass adults... So yeah, that and that's what I keep going back to. You're 20 years old. Well, 20 something. They said they're yeah, tw- in their okay. 20s. You're so that's even 20s. worse if they're She's older. Four than years that. older than you. This is not the eighth grade anymore. Mm-hmm. You know where <laughs> cooties. You know you're this. You're adults. What what kind of mental stunt? And then I also wanted to say uh, because I. I the post itself is not the best English. Mm-hmm. So it tells me that this person, OP, is probably not uh, born, raised, 100% family in America. They may not be in the U.S. Yeah, right. and that's true, too. But So it could be a, a situation where it's like, hey, everybody's at home and, you know, daughters are waiting just to be married off to somebody. And maybe your sister's just jealous because you've got a boyfriend and she doesn't. Yeah, that's what it sounds like because okay. you're in your 20s mm-hmm. and you have a boyfriend. And yes, you're kind of, you, you mentioned permission when it comes to your mom. Mm-hmm. And you're in your 20s, but you're asking for permission to hang out with your boyfriend at, in your 20s. But she said yes. And then your sister threw a hissy fit. And that's, at that point, that's, I don't know. It just sounds like there's something, there has to be other background because that's a spoiled child mentality. The question becomes, you know, did your sister when she was younger recently have a boyfriend that your mom didn't approve of? Mm -hmm. Because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like your sister's like, wait a second. You know, it's like, well, yeah, mom approves of my boyfriend. She probably didn't approve of your last boyfriend. Mm -hmm. She obviously didn't approve of her boyfriend back in the eighth grade. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it wasn't even that she didn't approve of the boyfriend. She got the boyfriend. And then the boyfriend was affecting her grades. Right. And then it was also affecting the boyfriend's grades. Mm -hmm. And so much so that the mom of the boyfriend publicly Mm -hmm. confronted OP's mom. Yeah. I feel like that is a perfectly valid reason to kind of get upset. (laughs) Because I want to know how much of a... Especially if they aren't in America 
then different that cultures. Is, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that is a very big deal. So, and depending on the culture, you know, you might if you're in a culture, you know, and this is for the American people that don't know, but there are cultures where if you're the older sister and the younger sister's getting married before you, um, that's a big source of shame. Mm-hmm. And if you Dishon have a, on you, dishonor yeah. on your cow. <laughs> <laughs> and if your cow's getting married before your sister, <laughs> then that tells us that there's something else wrong with your sister and she should probably, you know, uh, move to Washington. So <laughs> anyways, Bremelos, um, it's, it's, it's a story anyways, but yeah, I, man, you always bring the best ones. You always bring these. And I, I just gotta say it's, you're 24 years old and now your mom is, is responding. And you know what? Me, if I'm in that situation, I'm, or you're in your twenties, I'm sorry. I'm like, Hey mom you approve of my boyfriend. I'm glad that you approve of my boyfriend. Obviously I seek, I sought your permission to have this boyfriend and you're approving it. And I'm sorry that my sister, your daughter doesn't approve of the situation, the relationship, but I really want us to have a healthy relationship and not one that could be manipulated by somebody else's bitterness period. And that's, that's where I leave that. That's where I sit there and I put that and put that to your mom. Because your mom, if your mom didn't see it, and that's what's there, your mom will see it, because that happens. And then once your mom sees it, she's gonna be like, "Son of a bitch," <laughs> <laughs> and you know she, she's going to focus that energy in the right direction. And that's that's what you need to look at. And that's that's as far as I go. So hopefully you're listening to this, and hopefully you find this to be good advice, because I I would hate for you to you know. And I will tell you as somebody who got consequences because of what other people did, that's never right. Mm -hmm. It's never right. It's not right in a relationship either. You know, if you treat people for something that they don't do, your your eighth grades, your eighth grade grades are not suffering right now because you're in this relationship. Mm -hmm. His mom isn't publicly calling you out for being a, a, having your daughter as a detriment to him. So it's a complete different situation. So yeah, that's just, mm-hmm. it's nuts. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> you always find the best ones and the ones that like get me the mo- most emotionally going. <laughs> <laughs> if I could that's run around point. with this mic, I would run around with this mic because in both situations, like I just want to go up to your sister and be like, shut up. I'm not you. Yeah. You know, and, and this is the, the, you know, let's go Joey asshole mode. First relationship. Dude, you're a pussy. Stop being a pussy or get out of a relationship because you have no business being in a relationship. For you, for the second, for the second one, it's, hey, mom, I'm not her. Hey, sis, I'm not you. I didn't screw up like you screwed up. I waited until I was old enough to be able to mentally handle it and care, still carry the rest of the load that I need to carry. Obviously, my grades aren't suffering. Obviously, his his parents apparently approve of you because moms are approve of me because mom's not chewing me out. His mom isn't chewing our mom out. If you don't like it, then don't look at us. How many relationships do you have to fail in before you think, hey, maybe it's not the other people? How many people have to disapprove of you before you think maybe it's not them? 
It's you. Stop it. Stop being toxic. Stop put, projecting your toxicity onto me and fix it. Because that's the only way it's going to get better is if you fix it. End of story. Ugh. <laughs> but anyways, and on that happy note. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, hmm? um, so now mm-hmm. I was hoping that you would uh, for our economic talk. Yeah. Teach me a little bit about multi-level marketing schemes and why they are okay so awful because i always hear all the things about them and everybody's mm-hmm. like oh don't join this it's a it's an mlm it's a pyramid scheme it's awful don't don't yep. do it don't get sucked in you can't win and i i have no experience with them i well i bet you do i bet everybody does i bet everybody listening does i bet everybody does and they don't realize what it is and that's that's kind of the problem i have um amber i, I love amber Amber is like, that's, that's, that's my kid. If you're listening, putty, you know, I love you, but (laughs) you know, um, I had Stuart and I have, I've had so many friends and I had clients that were part of multi-level marketing, which is a fancy way of saying a pyramid scheme and pyramid schemes are technically illegal. They're, you know, pyramid schemes, Ponzi schemes, all these things are illegal, but this is the way you need to understand that the way that they work. So the only person that gets rich in a pyramid scheme is the person at the top of the pyramid. That's it. Okay. That, that couple of people that are right up there on that little top, you think of a pyramid, that top brick, those Mm -hmm. are the people who get rich because a pyramid scheme, a Ponzi scheme, you know, um, multi-level marketing, however you want to put it. So this is, this is the way that they work in, in contrast. So are in comparison. So you understand this. So I have a widget. Okay. A widget's an item. It doesn't matter what that item is. That item can be a physical item. That item can be a service. That item can be, you know, a website. That item can be a system of something, right? And so I go around and I sell this widget. And then, you know, I say, wow, I'm making good money selling this widget. So I say, hey, you know what? Kiki, I want you to go ahead and come over here. And I want you to sell this widget with me. Now, you're going to sell this widget, and I'm going to make 10% off of every widget that you sell. So now, I have you, and I'm selling 10 widgets, and you're going to go out, and you're going to sell 10 widgets. And for every 10 widgets that you sell, I basically sell an extra widget, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then I have nine other people doing that. So I have 10 people doing that. So I have 10 people selling 10 widgets, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not what I want. What I want is I want you to go out and find 10 people of your own to sell widgets. So those 10 people sell 10 widgets and then you get 10% off of them. I'm still getting that 10% off of you, but I'm also getting 5% off of them. And then those 10 people go out and get 10 people to sell the widgets. (laughs) And those people, I get two and a half percent. And then after those 10 people get another 10 people, I get one and a quarter percent. And so by the time everything is done, I don't give a damn about selling the widget anymore. Right? Because I now have 10 people selling 10 people to sell 10 people to sell 10 people to sell these widgets. Those people are not only selling those widgets for me, but those people have to buy the widget. So if you want to sell widgets, you have to buy widgets. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Mary Kay, Avon, you have to buy your makeup. Wait, Mary Kay is like pure. Oh, absolutely. Oh my God, my mom did Mary Kay. Mary Kay, um, uh, Avon. Um, oh my gosh, think of any makeup. It, look, the 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 ones where the what is it, the Yankee Candle one. They they literally they sell the candles and the Scentsies. Yeah, Scentsies. There, that was the oh, one I was actually thinking my of. Lord. That's a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> Tupperware was a multi-level marketing scheme. All of these things where, like, there's adult toys. Women go out and they throw these parties where women sell vibrators and dildos. My mom Those... did that with the Mary Kay. Yeah, That's what no. I was like. I remember I got sent out of the house mm-hmm. to go hang out with my friends. Those are all multi-level marketing pyramid schemes. You're not making money off of selling vibrators. You're making money off of the girl who pays you $500 that you get half of the money for that's selling those vibrators and has to go and buy all that inventory. That's who you're making the money on. And the problem is the victims are their families, are their, their, you know, it's their friends, their Facebook friends. Every, every week, I have one, had one of my friends on my old account before Facebook decided the truth was disgusting and banned my original account. Um, you know, somebody was, oh man, hey, this. I had clients as a marketer. Oh, I had one. Her name was Debbie. <laughs> Debbie was always coming to me, trying to be as close to the top of a pyramid of a pyramid scheme that she could to try to get me to help her market it. I'm like, no, why would I do that? And we're talking everything from SMC, which is Specialty Merchandising Corporation, Amway, um, which became a different company. You know, all these little food ones that you'll see, these people are reselling and reselling. If they go out and they tell you to bring 10 friends to an event, congratulations, that is a multi-level marketing scheme. And I mean, that's what it is. And here's the thing to it, is this is why it's so bad. They're so bad because after you get down a couple of tiers, it is impossible for people to make their numbers. They know this. They know that the number of people that they tell can be millionaires selling Avon, be millionaires selling Mary Kay and the pink Cadillacs and all of that. They know that number is honestly so minute, but they sit and they work to make you think that, hey, you can achieve this just like I've achieved this. When you're so far down the pyramid that you're, you're going to fail. And when you ask people for their success rates, what's your rate of success? Hey, can I go ahead and get like, you know, I want to talk to people. Go online. Find these things. You know, religion. I was part of a church that was a cult. And that cult had the same kind of pyramid scheme mentality. Like, no joke. It's like you went to church, right? Mm-hmm. And you had to proselytize. And so if you every week hadn't talked to like five or six people, one person a day, how much do you love the Lord? You should at least be able and willing to share to one uh. person a day and invite people to church. And then your status was upheld by how many people you brought to church. And then those people would come to church. And then those people would be expected to bring more people to church. And those, it's like, oh, we're saving the world. No, we're literally lining. We were lining people's pockets. You know, I, I don't know how many pastors you know, in the, in the regular, in a regular church are breaking seven digits a year. But I know that (laughs) in the churches that we went to, that there were that, that was that level of incentive for these, you know, um, pastors, leaders, they're just called leaders. They were called pastors or preachers. They were leaders. They were disciples. They were shepherds. And, you know, depending on how many people you had in your church, depending on your bonus and depending on your salary. And so, 
you know, they they hunted people down and it's the same thing. Multi-level marketing is a scheme because the promises that they make are basically unachievable for the amount of effort that you have to put into it. And so unless you want to work at slave labor wages and unless you are the one starting it and you're going to end it at like 10 people, you are creating a multi-level marketing scheme, a Ponzi scheme and you're garbage. They're garbage. Their products are garbage. The people that are they're looking for are gullible people that part with a little bit of money, go out and they spend a few weeks working and then they jump onto the next one. And it's been everything from cell phone services to cable TV contracts to colognes. Okay, Centura Creations, I'm talking to you. Amway is is one, but also Kirby vacuum cleaners. Literally. There there's so there's vacuum cleaner pyramid schemes out there right now so then i and they're illegal yeah if they're illegal how Mm -hmm. do they get away with starting one because by putting a physical product out there then what they're trying to do is to show it as a tiered resale model and you know it's just a pyramid yes basically what yeah, we're, so we're just somebody got a thesaurus, found a different way to word pyramid scheme, and you know, and it takes the Federal Trade Commission, which is poorly, ridiculously underfunded, several years to get through it before they go, oh, and then Amway becomes Qantas, and then Qantas becomes back to Amway or whatever it was that Amway so then became. How does Mary Kay still exist? Because Mary Kay is everywhere. It's just literally. Mary it just Kay. gets to a point where it's too big and then they nobody can do anything what, about it? What can it? you do about it? It's literally just people wanting to buy Mary Kay products. But I'll tell you this. When we're done with this podcast and everybody else is just watching this sitting at home, go onto Facebook and type in Mary Kay. Here's what's crazy about some of these. A lot of these that tell you that, oh, yeah, it's your business and you can grow it, they won't let you advertise it on Facebook. They will not let you have your oh, own yeah, group. Then they'll... Because you're competing you a, with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you were to get in there and build things up and do everything, you could end up bigger and have your own pyramid in yep. the same pyramid scheme. Yep. Yeah. Or wow. break away. They won't let you break away. They won't let you do anything. You're not You're not starting your own business. You're just giving money to the people above you. And, you're dist- and those of you who are selling it, all selling all these things, you're destroying your friendships. Because, you know, like Stuart, no, he's not, he's not a friend anymore. I don't even talk to him. Because every single month, it was always something new. It was always something to talk to me about. Hey, Joe, you fly, don't you? Not <laughs> really. See, that's always what's you know, weird to me. Is what how if you do could they... save money on your flights and you just go through this booking thing and I help you set it up? Um, okay. How do pyramid schemes still exist if everybody knows, like, that's... Like, you know your friend's not your friend if that's mm-hmm. how they come up to you. It, hey, well, you it's, fly, it's the same, right? same reason we're a two-party system. Because people are gullible for a certain amount of time. You know, I, it's literally, it's, it's, you, you emotionally manipulate people because here it is. Let's say, let's, let's use Andy as an example. Let's say okay. Andy and I are building our friendship, right? And Andy comes up to me and, and Andy knows who I am and, and what I'm about. And Andy says, Hey, Joey, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a good, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to birth something if I'm not careful about this. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're, I'm going to birth a pyramid scheme right here. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm just, cause I'm trying to use something that doesn't exist, but he says, you know, bees save the planet. Bees are going to save the planet. Yeah. Well, what, what our goal should be is to have a bee, a beehive in every yard. Right. So, 
I want, I, what, how do you, don't you think that's a good idea? And yeah, he knows how I am. I'm an environmentalist. I'm a sensible environmentalist. I take the mental out of environmental. Um, and he knows how I am. And he says, you know, so, so, you know, if, if I get, get you this hive and you spend this money and you have this hive and everything's there and I'll help you out and you're taking care of these bees, you know, you think that's a good thing? Yeah. Okay. And I get that and I go, wow, that's awesome. He goes, yeah. And he pay and he charges me for it. And I set up the bees and then he sits there and he goes, Hey, do you know 10 people that have, don't have bees? Well, yeah. You know what? You should talk to those 10 people, come over and show them your hive. I'll come over with you and then I'll show them how easy it is to have a hive and to set it up for you. Right. Yeah. So, and then those 10 people will do 10 people. I'll tell you what, Joey, for every one person that you get that signs up, I'll give you X amount of dollars. So you're not only helping the environment, you're helping your own income. Wow. That's a great idea. Yeah. And you know what? You keep half the money from them setting it up. Wow. Okay. And then I'm going to keep 25% of it and 25% of it's going to go to cover costs. Okay, and then I go get 10 people and I start it and it does the same thing. You know what? Then I have a question. Another Mm -hmm. question. Yeah. What makes having a pyramid scheme more appealing than just having a company? Because eventually, like even just with the example you just made, Mm -hmm. eventually you're going to get shut down. Mm -hmm. Eventually you're going to run out of people that you can sell to. Mm -hmm. Eventually you're going to end up with enough people going, you're a pyramid scheme, I'm not joining that. And especially with today's day and age... So what makes it appealing to start something like that that you know isn't going to last and isn't going to give you as much as, like, for example, like even just like going on Shark Tank and mm-hmm. being able to put oh, your there brand were pyra- out there? There were people that tried to sell pyramid schemes on Shark Tank and got shot up. Well, like, yeah, I can yeah. imagine. But I just like what's what is more appealing about trying to start well, a pyramid scheme? Here, here's the thing. Let me ask. Let me ask you a question. If you and I, if I get you to sign on for this B. Now, bee pyramid scheme, right? Because now all of our beehives are pyramid shape. <laughs> That's our unique <laughs> little selling point, which actually sounds kind of cool. Anyways, so, and then I set you up and you set up for it and you, you're doing this and decide that it's not for you. It's not working out. You don't want to resell these. You don't want to do them either. You know, why did you sign up for it? Why would I sign up for it? Because Andy's my friend, right? Mm-hmm. Why would you sign up for it? Because I'm your friend. And then we realize this is a pyramid scheme and we get out of it. Are you going to sue me? No, because I was your a friend. part of it. Right. As, and Am I going to sue Andy? No. Because he's my friend. So a lot. what happens with a lot of these pyramid schemes? They just fall apart. They just, that's it. Well, and then okay. nobody wants to sue anybody because nobody wants to sue their friends. So, but then, but then my question is why, what's appealing about starting it? Because they make it sound like you're an entrepreneur and you start your own business, but it's not the truth. As the person that owns it? Mm-hmm. Oh, for the person who owns it, it's because they believe that they can get 10 people together and get those gullible people that they need and they're going to be the top of the pyramid. Everything yeah, is great when you're I the person that. at the top of the pyramid. But what's appealing about doing that instead of just owning a business? Because the scalability, the people who are sitting at the top of the pyramid make tens of millions of dollars a year. They are because narcissists (sighs) exist because people who are just self-loving and only care about themselves exist. And those are the people, Hey, 
Look, oh, let's go through it. Sheila. She was, she's in a pyramid scheme for that makeup that she's selling oh, and the hair yeah, products. That really That's, bad yes, <laughs> it was the, so the hair gross. stuff and everything else. It was gross. And it still is. Mm-hmm. But more people are coming onto it. Nobody who was her friend who's setting it up, she tried to set Martha up with it. You know? Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, and she would have absolutely come to you two if, if everything hadn't fallen through like it did. So, so yeah, pyramid schemes are pyramid schemes and they're garbage, they're multi level marketing. Doesn't matter how they call it. If you are selling, if they tell you that, hey, this my my goal is to get 10 people selling, you get 10 people selling, they get 10 people selling, and you make this much money, and suddenly you're not talking about the product itself, you're in a pyramid scheme. I'm not going to lie, though. The B one, I kind of like in that. I could probably do that. But not as a pyramid that. scheme, though. No, no. I would literally just want to set it up in people's homes and then be able to go get the honey. Yeah, that would be pretty, that would be pretty damn cool. Mm. Don't steal this. <laughs> This is, this is this. the problem with me as a marketer is I always think about these things and then I get excited about them and then I jump onto the next thing. So anyways, okay. well, but that, yeah. was, that was a good answer to a lot of my questions. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, they're a scam. They're always a scam and it's, it, they always make them sound good. They tell you, Oh, we have these, this national convention. We have this international convention. We have thousands of, if, if you hear the word members, that's your first is there an annual in a lot of these now what they do is they have an annual membership okay and they do these annual memberships and it can be small there's this this phone one or I'm not kidding they're reselling these phone cards basically right it's you're gonna use our phone service and every time you pick up your phone you're gonna dial this number and then dial the number you're gonna you'll hear a dial tone or whatever and then you'll dial the number you're gonna call and that saves you on your long distance you know, fortunately, those are dying off really well because people are like, well, I have unlimited long, local and long distance. And so those kinds of things get trashed and tossed at the wayside. But, you know, there's still those kinds of things out there in different ways. There's different ones for food, cleaning products, um, you know. Just everything. Yeah, there's, there's if you think everything. about it, somebody's probably got a multi-level marketing thing out there. And I can guarantee you somebody's out there trying this with bees right now. Like I'm, I'm saying it like it's new, but I, I'm probably look it up and find somebody doing it. And if they're not, I, you, anyway, <laughs> don't do it. No. So, but you know, but, but that's what they are. And, and the thing is, is younger generations come in and they don't know any better. You know, I, I had a guy on campus that came up and was telling me about this company called Amway and where I could buy my food from them and I was like, okay. And I tried the food and I was like, it's not that great. They were basically like camping meals, right? Shelf-stable camping meals. And they weren't cheaper. Their products weren't cheaper. Nothing about them was cheaper. And then he started getting on me. Then, then I heard the hook, and then I realized, and I studied out and realized what I was in or what he was wanting me to do. And it was like, it, it was, hey, you know, you can actually make a living doing this. And then I always ask the same question. I asked right there. I was like, okay, Ken, are you making a living doing this? Well, I've only been doing it for six months. You're buying all these products? Yeah. I buy all these products and he uses all the products and I've, I used them because he's, you know, there, the products were blah. And it was like, oh, wow. And, oh, there's ones for vitamins. There's uh, supplements. I like everything. Name it. It's there. There's even clothing pyramid schemes. I was not surprised. So, so yeah. So avoid it like the plague. You hear 
anything where there's you you see the pyramid they build the pyramid for you by telling if you get so many people and they get so many people that's it it's a pyramid scheme walk away you're better off to sit there and say you know what i'm gonna go on to wish i'm gonna go on to aliexpress i'm gonna find all this stuff myself and i'm gonna resell it myself and and that's it because otherwise you're making other people money not yourself mm-hmm. and if i'm hustling you to hustle other people, to hustle other people, pyramid scheme takes its own shape. And you're just making victims of people. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for answering all my questions. Oh, yeah, no, not a problem. And if you guys have any questions, definitely ask us, you know. And thank you guys for joining us. And hopefully that helps you or anybody out there. You know, if you see those people on Facebook saying, hey, make money now. Ask me how. You want to lose weight or, oh gosh, what's the health one? I can't remember the name of them, but whatever these people telling you that you can lose weight and make money all of these different things that you see they're they're all pyramid schemes and ponzi schemes don't 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 become a victim everybody who wants to be an exception just be is a part of proving the role so don't so hopefully you've enjoyed it enjoyed it today i've enjoyed it it was a lot um mm-hmm. and the relationships who yeah somebody needs to man up literally But we thank you all for joining us. And remember, that which doesn't kill you is reading an instruction manual to get better. So I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. Peace out with your peace out. Bye.